This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the One Year Bible Reading for September 23rd, and we are starting this morning in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 17. When the poor and needy search for water, and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never forsake them. I will open up rivers for them on high plateaus. I will give them foundations of water in the valleys. In the deserts they will find pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the dry, parched ground. I will plant trees, cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine on barren ground. Everyone will see this miracle and understand that it is the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, who did it. Can your idols make such claims as these? Let them come and show what they can do, says the Lord, the King of Israel. Let them try to tell us what happened long ago or what the future holds. Yes, that's it. If you are gods, tell what will occur in the days ahead or perform a mighty miracle that will fill us with amazement and fear. Do something, whether good or bad. But no, you are less than nothing and can do nothing at all. Anyone who chooses you becomes filthy just like you. But I have stirred up a leader from the north and east He will come against the nations and call on my name, and I will give him victory over kings and princes. He will trample them as a potter treads on clay. Who but I have told you this would happen? Who else predicted this, making you admit that he was right? No one else said a word. I was the first to tell Jerusalem, look, help is on the way. Not one of your idols told you this. No one, not one gave any answer when I asked. See? They are all foolish and worthless things. Your idol is empty as the wind. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one and I am pleased with him. I have put my spirit upon him. He will reveal justice to the nations. He will be gentle. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope. He will bring justice, full justice, to all who have been wronged. He will not stop until all truth and righteousness prevail throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath and life to everyone in all the world. And I remember learning, by the way, just an aside, that that idea of stretching out the heavens is actually a concept with our modern understanding of mathematics. It's something that would have been completely unknown to the ancient world. Back to And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will guard and support you, for I have given you to my people as the personal confirmation of my covenant with them and you will be a light to guide all nations to me. You will open the eyes of the blind and free the captives from prison. You will release those who sit in dark dungeons. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. 
I will not share my praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true, and now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praises from the ends of the earth. Sing, all you who sail the seas, all you who live in distant coastlands. Join the chorus, you desert towns. Let the villages of Kedar rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy, shout praises from the mountaintops. Let the coastlands glorify the Lord. Let them sing his praise. The Lord will march forth like a mighty man. He will come out like a warrior, full of fury. He will shout his thundering battle cry. He will crush all his enemies. He will say, I have long been silent. Yes, I have restrained myself, but now I will give full vent to my fury. I will grasp and pant like a woman giving birth. I will level the mountains and hills and bring a blight on all their greenery. I will turn the rivers into dry land and will dry up all the pools. I will lead blind Israel down a new path guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will make the darkness bright before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, calling them their gods, they will be turned away in shame. Oh, how deaf and blind you are toward me. Why don't, won't you listen? Why do you refuse to see? Who in all the world is as blind as my own people, my servant? Who is as deaf as my messengers? Who is as blind as my chosen people, the servant of the Lord? You see and understand what is right, but refuse to act on it. You hear, but you don't really listen. The Lord has magnified his law and made it truly glorious. Through it, he planned to show the world that he is righteous. But what a sight people are, for they have been robbed, enslaved, imprisoned, trapped. They are fair game for all and have no one to protect them. Will not even one of you apply these lessons from the past and see the ruin that awaits you? Who allowed Israel to be robbed and hurt? Was it not the Lord? It was the Lord whom we sinned against, for the people would not go where he sent them, nor would they obey his law. That is why he poured out such fury on them and destroyed them in battle. They were set on fire and burned, but they still refused to understand. But now, O Israel, the Lord who created you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba as a ransom for your freedom. Others died that you might live. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east to west and from north and south. I will bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. All who claim me as their God will come, for I have made them my for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. 
Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Can any of them predict something even a single day in advance? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord, and you are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been and never will be. I am the Lord and there is no other savior. First, I predicted your deliverance. I declared what I would do and then I did it. I saved you. No foreign God has ever done this before. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can oppose what I do. No one can reverse my actions. Turning to Ephesians again this morning, and I started that yesterday without telling you anything about the book of, the Ephes of Ephesians. And so it was written by Paul, the first of his prison epistles. And this is what uh, Talk to Through the Bible says about the book briefly. Ephesians is addressed to a group of believers who are indescribably rich in Jesus Christ, but living a beggarly existence because they are ignorant of their wealth. And because they have not appropriated their wealth, they are walking like they are spiritual paupers. Paul begins by describing in chapter 1 through 3 the contents of the Christian's heavenly bank account, adoption, acceptance, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the Holy Spirit, life, grace, citizenship, in short, every spiritual blessing. And that's where we are right now in the text. Drawing upon that huge spiritual endowment, the Christian has all the resources he needs to live a life, quote, to the praise of the glory, excuse me, of the glory of his grace, which is 1-6. Chapters 4 through 6 resemble an orthopedic clinic where the Christian learns a spiritual walk rooted in his spiritual wealth. So Ephesians chapter 2. Once you believers were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins, you used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much, that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. And so God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us through Christ Jesus. God saved you by his special favor when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders by birth. You were called the uncircumcised ones by the Jews, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from God's people, Israel, and you did not know the promises God made to them. 
You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you belong to Christ Jesus. Though you were once far away from God, now you've been brought near to him because of the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has made peace between us Jews and you Gentiles by making us all one people. He has broken down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. By his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excluded the Gentiles. His purpose was to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He has brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who are far away from him, and to us Jews who were near. Now all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Psalm 67. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face shine with favor upon us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. How glad the nations will be singing for joy because you govern them with justice and direct the actions of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us and people all over the world will fear him. Proverbs 23, 29 through 35. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't let the sparkle and smooth taste of wine deceive you. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous serpent. It stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swinging mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't believe it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can have another drink? To end today, I want to send you off with a blessing. This blessing comes from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16, which we'll get to in a few days, which says, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. May you know in your core being that you are not defined by your past mistakes. May you humbly understand that neither are you defined by your, your accumulated achievements. You are someone God loves. You bear the image of the Most High God. Your name is written on his hand. Your desires are close to his heart. The fact that you're on the heart and mind of Almighty God is what makes you a priceless, worthwhile treasure. Live according to the fullness of that truth. 
Have a beautiful day. Love you all.